to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the 3B4. As you know, we have transitioned from using the term member to ministry partner because we believe that God has called us all to serve together in a partnership to see all people experience his love. Our next opportunity to become a ministry partner at CTC will be on Sunday, June 11th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Bayer campus. If you would like to become a partner with us, please contact the church office and let us know you're coming. Whether we want to admit it or not, this world is not as safe as it once was. With that in mind, we're hosting a one-night self-protection summary session for women. This group will meet on Tuesday, June 13th from 6 to 8 p.m. in the gym. During the evening, you will learn basic self-defense techniques and strategies taught by a trained instructor. All ladies are welcomed and encouraged to bring a friend. To learn more or to sign up, contact Gwen Montague at gmontague at ctcde.church. Our Father's Day Car Show is next Sunday, June 18th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., and we are once again inviting the community to join us for a day of classic cars, music, food, and fun for all ages. This event is free to attend, and if you have a car you would like to show, we're suggesting a $20 donation. There will be prizes in several different categories, so come on out on Father's Day and invite someone to come with you. You can sign up to serve or to show your car by scanning the QR code on your bulletin or by going to ctcde.church slash events. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning, church. Good to see you in the house of the Lord, whether you're in the building or worshiping with us online. We welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Well, let's stand together and let's sing this morning about the God that we serve. This is our God. He loves us because of who he is. those walls that we called sin and shame they were like prisons that we couldn't escape but he came and he died and he rose those walls are rubble now remember those giants we called death and grave they were like mountains that stood in our way, but he came, and he died, and he rose, those giants are dead now, and this 
children. Psalm 100 says we are the we are the his people and the sheep of his pasture. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. Father, we thank you that you welcome us into your presence day by day, week by week as we get together corporately, but individually, God, we thank you that every day of our lives we can come to you with anything and everything. And you love us, God, because that's who you are. And God, we thank you for saving us, for healing us, for setting us free, for delivering us, for bringing us life. And so today, Holy Spirit, in these moments that we are together, whether we're in whether we're in house or watching online, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill the place where we are and fill us today to overflowing. We pray this in the name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. We'll give the Lord praise this morning. God, we thank you for who you are. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, again, we want to welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone, those of you that are worshiping online with us and those of you that are in-house. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord, right? It's a great day to be together, so we want to welcome you. If you're new 
If you've never been to, to CTC before or you've only been here a few times, uh, we want to extend a special welcome to you. And uh, if you're in the building, when you leave this room today, on the left-hand side of the mall is our Connect Central. We invite you to stop by there and pick up a gift that we have for you and uh, meet some folks from the church. You can find out about any and all of the ministries that we have going on here at CTC and uh, ask any questions that you might have. And again, as always, even those of you that are uh, regular attenders, members, you can also stop by and find out information about ministries that you can get involved in serving, uh, small groups, and uh, all kinds of things that, that you can get involved in. Uh, if you're new and you're online, you can click the I'm new here button in the upper right-hand corner of the screen or the I'm new here button that just popped up in the chat win- window there for you. Uh, at your seats or your, where you're seated right there this morning, we have a Connect card that we ask you to fill out whenever you worship with us so that we know that you're here. So we encourage you to do that today and just let us know who's worshiping with you. Again, online, there's an online Connect card. With that Connect card, you can also give us prayer requests, praise reports, things that you want to share with us, burdens that we can bear with you, uh, because that's one of the things that God has called us to do, amen, is bear one another's burdens. So uh, you can leave us those prayer requests uh, on there and drop them in the uh, baskets when you're on the way out. Now we have a special video for you to honor our graduates from this year. fast right and uh, so, so it's always amazing to see to see the the, the baby the, the young picture and then to see what they're doing now so we, we thank God for all of our graduates and and uh, pray for them as they continue to grow and learn and seek the direction that God has for them uh, good morning great to see all of you here this morning just a couple of the things I want to say during our, our stewardship time together the uh, first thing I want to mention that one of the ways that we engage is through our scouting ministry. 
and uh, our, our Cub Scouts are camping this weekend at, at Lum's Pond, and I think they'll be done. We've got some of the some of the family members here this morning of the of the Scouts, and I stopped by uh, last night after church. I went over to Lum's Pond to, just to check on them, see how they were doing. They did not leave any s'mores for me, and uh, so I didn't get. But we had I don't know. There are probably 25 or so people there, uh, young Scouts and moms and dads, and they were just having a great time. At least they didn't get rained on. That's a great and powerful ministry that we have with our, our scouting program, and so we're, we're glad for them and, and honor them and pray for them. Hopefully they got a good, good rest last night. Well, this afternoon, from 4 to 6 in the afternoon, uh, I'll be hosting a, 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 ministry, a new ministries partners orientation class. Uh, and that's just for people who are not yet members, uh, official members of our congregation. And if you want to uh, just come and check that out. Just coming to the class doesn't mean that you have to join uh, our church or become a ministry partner, but it gives you more information about what that is. So I invite you to, to come back here 4 to 6 uh, this, this afternoon. And finally, we've been praying about our ministry, and, and our ministry in Ellesmere uh, is, is a, a great thing for us and great opportunity that we have to minister to people in that neighborhood. And as you've heard, uh, Reverend uh, Stephen and Debbie Scholes will be coming they arrived this Friday, and so they will be here for the next three weeks. You won't see them much here at this campus because they're primarily going to be ministering at the Ellesmere campus, but keep them in prayer as they, for safe travels as they come, and then that, that we will establish a, a sound foundation for their ministry. So they'll be here for three weeks uh, in June, and then, and then they'll go back home, and they'll come back in September for another six weeks. To be with us then. So be praying for our ministry in Ellesmere. Our, our desire is that, we, uh, is that we are able to establish a, a, a vital uh, ministering congregation out into the community to new people through our ministry up there. Finally, let's, let's check in on, on our giving and inspire one another to follow uh, the teachings that Jesus gives to us about how to handle our money. So let's read this scripture together as we give generously and think Think about that. I think our scripture comes from the book of Matthew. Let's read this together, would you please? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then, come and follow me. Let's stand again as we continue to worship God, and I'll offer this prayer uh, as we ask for God's presence to come and be with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for all these opportunities that we have to gather you. Thank you, God, for the, the, your love that you have for us. Thank you, God, that, that you did not come as Jesus Christ in order to be served, but to serve. And through your serving we are restored to our relationship with You. You did not shy away, God, from becoming human. And You engaged this world in order that we can know You, find freedom from our sins, and new life that lasts forever. So You engaged us, God. We ask for your help. We ask your Holy Spirit to come. And as we now love you by worshiping you, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. In 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We serve the God who never loses, right? He is and always will be the champion. God, we worship you today. I've tried so hard to see took me so long to believe it, that you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve, and you take the broken Raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated. In the heavenly place, undefeated, with the one who has conquered it all. And now I can finally see you're teaching me how to receive it. So let all
heavenly places today. Seated in heavenly places. Oh God, we thank you for that promise. Lord, each week when we get together, we invite you to come and be with us. Because there is no sweeter place to be than in your presence. There is no other place where we can find healing and restoration and deliverance and salvation than in your presence. And God, we practice together being in your presence on a day like today when we can all find strength so that on the days on the days when we are weak we can be reminded that you're always with us. The psalmist said, lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And then the question comes, who is this King of glory? The answer, the King of glory is the Lord, strong and mighty. And that is who we invite to come and be with us today. Debbie's going to lead us in a new song this morning. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man We'll bow down and say you are king. So let's start right now. Why would we wait?
it's good for us to come into the presence of the Lord without a list without requests without anything except just our spirit wanting to be with his I know that you have relationships your spouse friends that close friends that you have when sometimes you just want to be there you're not there to talk about anything you're not there to do anything except just be together And so as we invite the Holy Spirit week by week to come and be with us, sometimes I feel like that should be our attitude, that, yeah, there are lots of things that we need, all of us, every day. But sometimes we just want to be here with Him. Or we want to be wherever we are, because wherever we are is where He is. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you. We don't just invite you. We, we implore you. We, we, if I may use this word, we beg you to come and just be with us. Because life gets difficult. And sometimes we just need to sit with someone. And so, God, today, as you're here in this place and as you're moving... We pray that you would allow each of us to sense that movement and to receive the strength that we need from you. 
Because, Lord, we know that even in the most desperate times in our lives, whether we know it or whether we see it or not, you are always moving and doing things that we may not even be aware of. Let's sing that together. Even when. 
children, if you, were, if you were going with April to come and, and gather here as we offer a blessing and make a transition as we all listen to God's Word this morning. Thank you, God, for being present with us. And uh, all the kids are invited to come and uh, go to their room with Miss April. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the God who you are, the way maker, the miracle worker. And we ask you to bless these young ones this morning. That as they listen to you, as they hear your word, as they, in their own way, they, they receive your grace this morning, we ask you to bless them. Cause them to grow and to mature strong and healthy, wise, and, and, and in favor with all human beings and especially with you, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be part in the kingdom of God. God has created you uh, for a purpose and to have a purpose. And there is a role for you to play, not just to play, but to but to be. This is who you are and who God created you to be. So as we as we shift into a a new series, 
for this summer, we're going to be looking at different characters in the book of Acts, different people in the book of Acts who have been changed by the Holy Spirit, God's presence with and in our lives. So we're going to be looking at at how the Holy Spirit changes our lives, changes people's lives and what God does. We, we believe in the Trinity, as, as, as Reverend Matt Ayers explained. Well, not so simply, because the Trinity is not a simple idea for us humans to grasp. But God is so great, so much greater than uh, us human beings that even when we try to put words to describe Jesus, to describe God the Father, to describe the Holy Spirit, all of our words fail to fully communicate who God is. Why? Because our words are human. And God is beyond human. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at the book of Acts to see how God, the Holy Spirit, changes our lives. And we're going to start with, the, with in the book of Acts, right at the very, very beginning. And many years ago when I uh, became a pastor, I, I did a uh, a long-term study of the book of Acts. And, and, and Bible study is, is kind of an ongoing thing. You know, you don't study the Bible once and get it and say, oh, I got it. No, I mean, this is God's living Word that He gives to us and, and based on the person of Jesus Christ. And so we can go back to Scripture in, in a new place in our life. And because we have changed, we see Scripture in a new light. And God has a new word for us. So we need to constantly be studying Scripture. So even though I studied the book of Acts and, and, and took lots of notes and, and made diagrams uh, 30, almost 30 years ago, I'm still studying the book of Acts and learning new things, and God is showing me new insights. But way back then, when I studied the book of Acts, and, and as I looked at the whole, the whole book, I saw the key thing happening is in chapter 2, God sends His Holy Spirit, and after that moment, everything changed. And that's what the Holy, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. We, none of us, can, can even give acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord without something about God's Holy Spirit equipping us to be able to trust and believe and say those words. So let's look at Acts chapter 2, just the very first four verses of it. And this is what I call the splashdown of the Holy Spirit. As if the the Holy Spirit comes down into the ocean, there are waves, uh, rippling waves that are effect after effect after effect that are going to continue. Not just in, in the lives of the people in the Bible, but in my life and in your life. We need constantly to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to look, we're going to see that. And and it says, Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost, the word Pentecost simply means 50th. That's that's all that the word Pentecost means. It just means 50th. And it was, it was a Jewish holiday. Celebrating, so the, so the Jews had a, had a normal holiday, and it was on that holiday that all the believers of Christ were meeting together in one place. All of them together, one place. When suddenly there was a sound from heaven 
like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Now, how, how do you imagine that? I mean, this is one of those scriptures where it's, where it's good to let your imagination help you understand what's, what's happening in the scripture. And we need to, we all probably been in, in, in a situation where there's either, I know you've been through hurricanes in this area. We have been through tornadoes in this area a few years, a couple of years ago. We, we helped people I'm just a little farther south from here, and you can still see the damage in the trees from the tornadoes that came through probably four years ago. Imagine that. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. Let your imagination go. How did this happen? Was it, a, was it a bright light that filled the room and then it divided over each person? Was it a, a falling sparklers like, like a star coming down through the roof that settled upon each person? Was it, a, was it a single candle flame that just was raised above each person's head? How do you imagine it happening? And all of us can, in our imaginations, we can come up with something different, and it doesn't really matter how, how it physically happened. The important thing is the Holy Spirit came upon each person, and they were filled. And everyone, it says, everyone. And, and, and how many of the believers were in the room? All of them. How many of them were filled with the Holy Spirit? All of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there, 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 there are outcomes. You know, in our world today, we're measuring everything by outcomes. <laughs> and so how do we know the Holy Spirit came? We know because there was something that happened because the Holy Spirit was there. And in this particular case, here's what happened. All of them began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Why would they be given the ability to speak in other languages? Can you imagine that? I mean, all of us in the room, we're all speaking the, the English language this morning. A few of us are privileged to be skilled and knowledgeable to speak more than just one language. But we're all together if we want to communicate everybody, we have a common language. But all of a sudden, there's a, a new phenomenon happening in the church. Everybody is speaking a different language as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Well, I don't understand that because now I'm speaking a language and you don't understand what I'm saying. Why would God confuse us like this? Oh, maybe God intends for us to go someplace. So what the Holy Spirit does in our lives is fills us with an ability and then says, don't sit there, go. And the church has never been called to gather together and stay right here. God calls His church to come together in order that you can go. 
This is not your place to be the church. This is the place where the church gathers only to worship, only to pray, only to encourage one another, but then to kick one another out. Get out there (laughs) and go. Use the ability that God has given you. We, We just saw our graduates and we're saying to them, go. Don't sit here. You can't stay with mom and dad forever. I'm not going to spoon feed you, spoon food you. That too. You can't sleep in that bed all your life. Go! (laughs) Yes, thank you, Jesus. I remember thinking, oh, my child is going to be here forever. No, my child is only in my home for a few years. And it is my job to prepare them to go. So you come to church, not to sit here and stay and to consume and to take. There's a reason you're filled in order to go. We're going to look in in, in how the Holy Spirit throughout this entire summit, we're going to see characters and how they are filled with the Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moves them to go. Where's God sending you? One of the ways we send people is by giving money, because God doesn't call all of us to go. But God calls all of us to give. And it is because of your generosity that we are able to give and to give generously. So I thank you for that. And one of the one of the things that one of the new commitments that I have I have made for us <laughs> confidently is to support one of our one of, one of our young people who grew up in this church was confirmed in her faith in this church and now feels the call of God to go. And her name is Kelsey Stave. Kelsey, I'm going to invite you to come. Oh, we need a microphone. Keep forgetting microphones. People need... I'm not the only one they want to hear. Welcome, Kelsey. Just just go and tell us about yourself and what you're doing and how Thanks, we can Pastor how Roger. we can participate. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I had to get used to that yesterday. I just went and I didn't let anyone respond. So that's great. So, like Pastor Roger said, my name is Kelsey Stave. I truly grew up here at what was Cornerstone at the time. We didn't even have this big building. I remember we were worshiping out in what is now the lobby. And so I started coming here when I was six years old. Like Pastor Roger said, I was confirmed here. My mom sent me, she had to send me, to go to um, Sunday school, to retreats, to youth group. And I'm, I'm very grateful that she did, even though I'm sure I was kicking and screaming the entire time. Um, but I really do remember enjoying myself. She just had to put up with the hard stuff. Um, and then I actually was kicking and screaming some more when I was the only kid left in the house and was complaining that I couldn't drive over summer break. And so she said, oh, I've got a job for you. And she brought me to Cornerstone. She was the child care director at the time. And I got my first job at the summer camp and um, did before and after school care. And it is funny how the Lord really um, brings things full circle because I just finished working at the Boys and Girls Club in Seaford as a child care director. So I'm super grateful for the opportunities that I've had here at Cornerstone. 
And I'm here today to share with you about how I have gotten to be in front of you all this morning and maybe to leave you with some encouragement, I hope, and to ask a favor of you. So about the time that my family started coming to Cornerstone, there was a tragic accident, and my sister and two cousins died in a car accident. And how many parents do I have in the room? I figured most of you. But um, so you can imagine two things with me. You know how much attention and love a six-year-old needs. They're like, look at my drawing. Look what I can do 15 million times. Um, But also you can imagine the heartache that came with losing a daughter, a 14-year-old daughter, and um, other family members in that accident. And so that really changed the trajectory of how my family loved and communicated with each other. We did our absolute best in, in the wake of all that grief. But it was challenging. And as a six-year-old who now lost her biggest fan, my sister was eight when I was born, so I was her baby doll. And I didn't have that love and attention anymore. And on top of that, my family was grieving. And so there was a hole that was left in my heart. And I spent the rest of my childhood and into college searching for ways to fill that, that hole that I had. And so I thought, okay, the love of people can do that for me. If I just make sure that everybody loves me, then I'll be happy. I'll be full. And so, uh, sorry, my mom is here at the service today, so it's a little bit harder than it was last night. Um, But so I did everything I could to make sure that people loved me, despite my parents um, sending me to Christ the Cornerstone and sending me to Red Lion Christian Academy Um, I was built on those strong morals, but those strong morals weren't going to get people to like me. And so I threw them aside as I went to be a college athlete. And you can only imagine um, out on my own as an 18-year-old, as a college athlete, what I was getting into. But I realized because of what I had been grown up on that that was not going to suffice. It was not giving me the love that I really wanted. It was creating more anxiety, more isolation, more loneliness in my life. And those are the things that I was trying to get away from, that I was trying to fix. But I was only digging myself a deeper hole, um, like I said, with isolation and loneliness. And so one uh, summer, the Lord called me back to church, and I was visiting a church, and they did an altar call. And I had had enough of the sin in my life that was destroying myself and destroying the people around me. And so as the pastor um, called for anyone who wanted to come uh, live with Jesus and have him in his heart, I found myself weeping at the altar and just begging him to walk alongside me and to do life with me. And so since then, I have been on a journey. So that was about eight years ago, and I have been on a journey to just bring honor and glory to God. And the habits that I had developed as a child of trying to please others was no longer doing it. And so the Lord had to break me of some of those habits. And he slowly and surely and patiently, he did that. And I finished up college, and I graduated with a degree in human services, and I set out to serve the Lord's people. And so I have been blessed to work with domestic violence survivors in Sussex County, with children experiencing homelessness, with those dying from HIV and AIDS, and actually I was just a foster mother, so that was really incredible. But the Lord nudged me, which I feel like he does a lot, um, and he, he said, the only way to break the cycles of mental illness, abuse, addiction, homelessness that we're seeing in Delaware and and all over the world is me, is Jesus. The same same gift that he gave me, I now want to give other people. And so he has called me to Youth with a Mission, which um, enables and instructs youth 
So I will be the oldest there. I'll be 28, and my teammates will be 18, so that's exciting. Um, But I will go out, and I will learn how to spread the gospel to make God known in all the nations. And so, like I said, he has a funny way of bringing things full circle. So I will get to disciple to those who are isolated. They are on islands that you can only reach via ship. And I I believe we have a video. We can watch that. We can watch watch the video now. My family and thousands of others live on beautiful islands all across the Pacific Ocean. We are part of a very diverse region with many different languages, communities and cultures. However, we all live with one challenge. We are isolated. You know, the hospitality and welcome of the islands are legendary. You may have seen tourist pictures of these beautiful islands and many places we go are just like that. However, we have learned we don't have to be there very long and you see the devastating effects of isolation that these people live with. They have no way to obtain health care, dental care, vaccinations. So in that kind of situation, something as simple as a fever, a wound, an infection that sets in can become a life-threatening situation. During one of our recent trips to Papua New Guinea, we met a man named Abraham. He lived on an isolated island just north of Medang. He hadn't seen in over 17 years. And because of that, he'd lost his livelihood, he lost hope. His entire village couldn't wait for the YWAM ship to come in. After a simple 30-minute operation, sight returned to his eyes. In addition to Abraham, 10 others that day had their eyesight restored. These ships are creating a way to change thousands of people's lives, and hope is becoming a reality. In the last three years, we have seen over 900 students and volunteers provide more than 150,000 services in 284 villages. We have been invited by many government officials to bring services to their coastlines. It is incredible to see these doors open in partnership with the government. These germs make you sick. And that's what we're going to teach you so you know why you're washing your hands. On the big island of Hawaii, we are positioned in the heart of the Pacific Ocean. From here, we provide a platform for people to be trained, equipped, and engaged in the nations. We know that there are thousands of people in similar situations like Abraham. For people living on these isolated islands, ships aren't just a good idea, they are the only option. I can still remember the first time I saw a blind person see again. And in that moment, it was so much more than their sight being repaired. It was a restoration of their hope. And that's why it's so worth it. It's so worth it. This is the pure gospel. Jesus met people where they were at when he walked this earth centuries ago. He's still doing it today.
I want to bring health care. I want to bring encouragement. I want to bring hope. I want to bring restoration. Transformation. Joy. Education. Compassion. Comfort. Change. Love. Truth. Mercy. Hope. So because of your generous giving, I have the opportunity, and others are giving as well, but because of Christ the Cornerstone's investment in, in me, since I was six years old, an investment again in me today, I get to learn how to disciple others. I'm going to be discipled myself, and I get to bring the gospel to those who might, like me, and like many of us feel isolated and alone. Like, I get to tell them, Jesus loves you so much that he sent me to come to this island on a ship to tell you how much he loves you and that his son died on the cross so that you can spend eternity with you. That's how much he loves you. So I am really honored and grateful that I have that opportunity. And the Lord has put some verses on my heart that I'd like to share with all of you. And the first one is found in Matthew 28. It's the Great Commission. I'm sure you all know Matthew 28:19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then Isaiah's commission in Isaiah 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. So the first way I want to encourage you is we all experience loneliness and isolation. And even once we're saved and we have the Holy Spirit, we still can feel that. The enemy can say, oh, well, I feel, make you feel, I make you say to yourself, I feel really lonely. But one thing that I've learned is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he's in me. And so no matter how I feel, I can have confidence that I'm never alone. I'm not lost. I'm not forsaken. And if you don't have Jesus in your heart yet, know that You can, and that he will never leave you or forsake you. And the second encouragement that I have today is that he has a plan and a purpose for your lives. Now, you might not be called to Panama or Papua New Guinea like me, but my mom was called to raise five kids. And my dad was raised to be an example to us, to serve in the church, to give faithfully and teach me to give. So what is your mission? Our purpose is to tell everybody about Jesus. But what's your mission? Are you a real estate agent helping people find their their homes? Are you a teacher? Are you a grandma? We all have a mission. And so I would just encourage you to ask the Lord to walk faithfully in your mission and to show you what that mission is. And so I'll leave you with a verse in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so lastly... I am just asking a favor from all of you. I am stepping out into the unknown. Literally, I have no idea. They just told me to pack a hammock and a mosquito net. Um, (laughs) And make sure I have my malaria shot. 
So I just ask that you all would pray for me, that um, the Lord would just draw me intimately into him, that he would show me what he has for me after the next six months, what my mission is after that, and that um, you would pray for our youth that are here, that they would be affected the same way that you all affected me. So thank you so much for this time, and I just um, will be praying for all of you as I'm gone. Thank you. Um, I think it's appropriate. I'm going to ask your mom and dad, Jim and Kelly, can you join? Can you come up here on the stage, and we'll, we'll all pray for for Kelsey, uh, and uh, you all stay there. We'll get mom and dad up here, and we'll we'll say a prayer. And if, if you're watching online, I encourage you maybe just. Just hold out your hand over, over the screen, over the device, television, whatever you're watching. And if you're in the room here, you just want to uh, uh, reach out your hand as if we're laying hands on Kelsey. Let's, let's offer a blessing and a prayer for her. Gracious and loving God, we absolutely thank you for the change that you bring in our lives. That you do not leave us where we are when you meet us there. In fact, you came in order to bring redemption, to bring salvation, to bring forgiveness, to bring new life, to bring healing, to bring wholeness to us, not just us, but to all people around the world. So I thank you, God, for those who, whose ears are open and ready to hear your call upon them. And we thank you for Kelsey. We thank you for the movement that you have made in her life through through her childhood, through her teenage years, through her college years, and to this point, we give you thanks for her. So we ask you, God, to anoint her uh, with your protection, with your power, with your wisdom. And also, God, we ask you to provide everything that she needs in order to do the work that you want her to do. We thank you for that, God, because there's nothing uh, that can stop you from doing your will in this world. So we thank you for what you're doing in her. And thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to, to participate in this ministry with her. Our hearts are full of gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's my, that's my. And, and we're, 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 not, we're not going to be jealous or judgmental at the, the truth that Kelsey's first six months of training, will, she will be suffering on the island of Hawaii. <laughs> but then as she said very quickly, she'll either go to, to, to the country of Panama and serve there or to Papua New Guinea. Uh, Papua New Guinea was, were the pictures that you saw on the video. Um, but you know, So a great living testimony of the change of the Holy Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit comes, we wouldn't experience what we just experienced today. And I want, to, I want to share, I need to share with you one more experience of the change and the experience of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And this is on a, this is on a corporate level. That was on a personal and a private level. But, but you heard me say, God has a calling for you as well. And you need to, you need to nurture in your own life the ability to listen to God. How do we listen to God? Primarily, we listen to God through His Holy Scriptures. So if we're not in Scriptures, we're not going to understand who God is and how to listen to God. So we have got to be in Scriptures. And, and, and then we've got to learn how. And we encourage one another. I ask people, how do you hear 
the Holy Spirit in your life? How do you know that it's God speaking to you? And, and yes, it is a subjective thing, and there, there are, but there are practices that we can do together and confidence that we gain in, in living this life with Christ. Beautiful testimony. She said, Kelsey said, I just want Jesus to walk this life with me. And He is. That's what we want. And that's what we all need. Yeah, uh, this week, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday uh, was our uh, denomination's annual meeting in, in our region. We're part of the Peninsula Delaware Conference. If you've been here very long, you have learned, you've walked with us through, these, through th- this last year and a half as we have considered our relationship with the United Methodist Church. We went through classes, we had seminars, we had events, we read books, we, we had fasting, we prayed. And uh, we made a decision collectively as a congregation that, that God is leading us to no longer be associated with the United Methodist Church. There was one, We did that back in April, I think, May. I don't know where it was. But we made that decision as a congregation. But there was one more step that needed to follow because of the nature and the, and the, the identity of the United Methodist Church. A body above us needed to approve our decision to leave the United Methodist Church. And that body met this week at annual conference. And on Friday morning, we had our discussion as, as, as a body. Now, when, when, if you're a member of this church and when you gathered and when you voted to disaffiliate, I did not get a vote. That was not my turn to vote. Friday was my chance to vote on that. And, of course, I voted this way you did, <laughs> to, to leave the denomination, as did Richard Porto, your lay, lay representative to that body. So we had two votes uh, at, at the annual conference. There was a powerful discussion before. There were about three speeches, three people saying, I don't think we should, we should, do, we should allow these churches who, who want to leave to leave. Here are my reasons for, for doing that. And then there were speeches. Here's why we need to do this. And it was a very heartfelt, spirit-led conversation among the body of Christ. I can't tell you how important that is. There was no threatening. There was no name-calling. There was no degrading of the other side. There was understanding, there was appreciation, there was respect. That's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. When we disagree with each other so strongly that we have to decide that we're, we're going this way, we're going this way, I can't follow you. And there's a, there's a Acts chapter 15, we're, this isn't part of the series, but it's, but, but Acts chapter 15, I, wa- I want you to go home and read Acts chapter 15. With, with this situation in mind, here is a conflict within the body of Christ. And here is part of the body of Christ deciding to separate. Is that biblical? Is that, you know, whatever. So Acts chapter 15 gives us two models of conflict within the early Christian church. The first model is the corporate church coming together with a question. Some people said, if, you're going, if we're going to call people to be Christians, they must be circumcised. Another group says, no, 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 no. If, we're, if, if there is neither slave nor Jew nor, fail nor female nor male in the church, we don't need to ask people to be circumcised to be Christian. And they had this debate. How do they, we can't, we can't figure this out. 
So we're going to appeal to a higher authority. We're going to appeal to the apostles, to the leaders of the Christian church. And so we're going to take this question to them and let them decide with the wisdom of God. And that scripture says that when the council decided, all the people rejoiced in the decision. Does that happen in America? Does that happen in our families when we appeal to a higher authority? And and in, in, in our mindset, somebody always loses. But in this example in the Bible, the, the, the winners and the losers rejoiced in the leadership that they had experienced. And all of them still submitted themselves to that leadership. Unity was maintained in the church. Did this side like that the decision didn't go their way? Probably not. Did some of them leave? Probably. But they all rejoiced that it is now settled. I experienced that Friday in the meeting when by by a vote of 89%, the body of the conference approved 92 churches in this conference leaving the denomination. Thank you, God. We're free to go. But let me, let me say this. We are free to go. And so God is sending us, once again, back into our communities to be the church that God creates us to be. Now, we're not out yet. <laughs> we have to pay a, 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 an amount of money that we will be telling you about later uh, and, and telling you also a plan as to how we will pay that. The elders are working on that plan. We have until the end of this year to do that. And so we'll be, we're still not out yet. But I do rejoice in this. There's another, back to Acts chapter 15, there's another, right after that story of the body coming to unity with the decision by, by, the, by the leaders of the church, right after that comes another conflict in the church. This time it's between two people. Paul, the apostle, and Barnabas, also an apostle. Now, Paul and Barnabas had been on a missionary journey together, very much like what Kelsey is getting ready to do. And they had a young man with them named John Mark. And they finished their missionary journey, and they got back to Jerusalem, and they, they, they recuperated, and they, they listened to God again. And Barnabas comes to Paul and says, let's do it again. And Paul says, sure. And then Barnabas says, I want to take John Mark again. And Paul says, who? <laughs> John Mark. Paul says, no, I am not doing that. I am not working with that man again. Why? Because when we were in such and such city, he deserted us. He walked away from us. He couldn't handle the task. He couldn't keep up. So I'm not going with him again. Barnabas said, Paul, John Mark needs to go with us. Well, if John Mark goes, I'm not going. So Paul and Barnabas had to figure this thing out and they came to a decision. Okay, Paul, let's not kill each other. You go your way, Paul, and do your ministry and we will bless you to do that. Paul says, Barnabas and John Mark, I will do the same thing. You go your way and I will bless you. And we know that they did because later in the Scriptures we see each of them confirming and affirming and complementing the ministry of one another as it goes through the church. The Holy Spirit brings unity to the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit guides us. How is the Holy Spirit guiding you 
and your life. Here's this passage from the book of Acts. Day of Pentecost, all the believers are meeting together in one place when suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. What do you need God's presence, the Holy Spirit, to do in your life? What are you willing to do? To open yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let's take time as we, as we uh, finish our service this morning to just pray together. And as the team comes back and we, we, we worship God, let's just take time to pray. That's my invitation to you. Let the Holy Spirit come and fill you. If you want to meet with somebody at the uh, prayer station in the back corners to pray with you, you don't know, well, how do I... How do I do that? Let's let them pray for you and ask God to come and be present. If you want to come and stand or near here, kneel here at the platform, you're welcome to do that and just pray together. Let's stand together as we are able, as we sing and as we pray. Heavenly Father, you did not leave us alone. You sent your Holy Spirit just as Jesus promised to his disciples as they gathered in the upper room that night before he was betrayed, that night before he was crucified, he put on trial and then crucified the next day. He said to his disciples, I do not abandon you like orphans, but when I go, I will send to you the Comforter, the Advocate, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit. He will remind you and teach you all the things I have said to you. Father, we've heard the testimony of Kelsey, how she got to that moment when she knew she had walked away from you, when she knew the only option in her life was to come back to you. And so, God, I make that same invitation to anyone here. Come to Christ. Acknowledge your sinfulness. Acknowledge your need for God. Say, Jesus, I need You to come and change me. Let this day be a splashdown in my life of the Holy Spirit. Assure me, God, that my sins are forgiven. Remind me, God, that I have a purpose in my life. And that as Kelsey read the Scripture, go into all the world making disciples, the end of that Scripture says, and remember, I am with you always. And we cannot do what you ask us to do without you being with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, minister to us in these moments as we sing and as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
Spirit, we thank you. Yeah, that's right. Lord, we give you praise today. We give you praise today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We talk about this passage in the book of Acts chapter 2, and we think about what happened on the day of Pentecost. Some of us might be a little bit apprehensive about that, but let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit did not come to make us weird. The Holy Spirit came to make us bold. The Holy Spirit came to make us bold. To be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea like Kelsey is doing in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So when we think about what happened on that day of Pentecost, that may not be our experience when the Holy Spirit comes on us. The Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift to be sought after. And so we invite you today, if you have not experienced that, I encourage you to seek that. If you have questions about it, Please come and talk to one of us, and we'll be happy to talk to you and encourage you in that. But the Holy Spirit is a wonderful gift to be sought. So, God, today as we leave this place, we pray that that Holy Spirit would go with us. And questions or confusion that we might have, Lord, we pray that you would lead us into your word or to someone who can encourage us. Father, we pray again for Kelsey as she begins her missionary training. And, God, we pray that you would lead her to the field that you want her to be in and that you would make her effective an effective witness for you God we pray for that entire team and the the ministry of YWAM and we pray that you would overshadow them with your blessings today and every day God we pray you would go with us as we leave today and encourage us and strengthen us in Jesus name and everybody said amen God bless you if you still need prayer if you still want to come and pray the altar is still open there are folks still at the prayer stations God bless you Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.